Hi everyone, Anthony Fantano here. You know who it is. This is the latest episode of the Needle Drop Podcast, where we do a series of interviews with musicians, YouTubers, content creators of all sizes, shapes, and types. And in this episode, we have a special interview with the one, the only producer, rapper, songwriter, hip-hop mystic, Mr. Bus Driver. How are you doing, dude? I'm pretty good. How are you, Anthony? I'm good. Uh... You and I talked in email a little bit before we, we hopped on Skype here, and uh, we, we sort of, I don't know, threw together some some ideas, uh, some topics of discussion that we could get into, because as, as much as I uh, love your music, and, and of course, you know, that's going to be a topic of discussion that, that I'm sure we're going to approach at some point in the conversation, it seems like at least in my opinion, or at least from what I can see, there's so many other things that you could speak to given just how long you've been involved in, in the music scene, you know? Yeah. I, um, it's surprising. You don't think about tenure or time, um, in a certain way in this type of music, but, but yeah, I've, I've, I've witnessed a few things. I don't know if that makes me an authority, but there's something there. Well, I think you can most definitely speak to this transition that we've seen in terms of the sound and also the industry of hip hop from the 2000s to today. I mean, you've you've crossed over that threshold effectively and you've seen success on both sides of that fence. And to me, it seems like we're dealing with an entirely different animal than we were 10 years ago. Um, now, to me, it, it seems like to you, it's, it seems like observing you and observing your music, you're still kind of in your own little corner. You're being true to yourself. You're doing something out there. You're on the fringes. But at least to me today, it seems like maybe there's a wider audience for what you do than there was 10 years ago. Correct me if I'm wrong. In theory, I would think that could be it, but I really can't. It's hard for me to focus on audience um, in this day and age without without uh, mooring it with the anxieties of, of the um, of the internet campaigns that that uh, that uh, that you know that make that have created this era I will just say that creatively now I do feel like a lot of the things we were doing 10 years ago 15 years ago are very normal now and so so there's a lot of comfort that I have in making songs now because I can pull literally from styles I was doing when I was 14 years old and have them be applicable if I just tweak them a tiny bit but but still I do make music that is still very particular and um I don't know I think that's because I really I really am a romantic and I really I really cradle this localized approach to it because I, I do try to stay very true to just Los Angeles influences and just try to make songs from the home outward but um but i don't know if that's a long-winded answer probably keeping that in mind that you're from los angeles that you're making music with with that in mind and, and one of the things that you said that we could speak to was sort of how a city and a locale and sort of your immediate area can sort of help music evolve in some kind of way uh how do you feel like that applies in an age where it seems like locale sort of matters less and less and less in the internet age. It's not so much where you're from as much as it is sort of who you know online or how much clout I guess you sort of have online. It's a fantastic power. It's a fantastic freeing condition, and I I welcome it and I enjoy it. I think it's uh, I think it's allowed people to create worlds within worlds in very ingenious ways. So I celebrate that with low overhead, you know what I mean? So hmm. maximizing ideas is always takes precedent, so that's the shit. But, of course, there's always an origin. And a lot of this music, especially a lot of music now, and a lot of music that really has an impact, that has gravity, has a place, has a history, hmm. and, um, you know, it's always good to have a balance of both. And that's why I feel like I feel very lucky because my city has struck a balance. Being as that we're right cradled in the middle of the tech industry, 
we know that there is a a meta a, a metasphere, you know what I mean? And and you know all the all the creatives know that shit is built in how everyone gets down. So there's a here, but there is an elsewhere. You know what I mean? Just on a on a on a theoretical level. So, but but it's very scary on a personal level. I got to be completely real. It's very freeing, but it's very terrifying. So I welcome it. Hmm. And it's freeing. Uh, it's I guess it's kind of like working like an acrobatics routine, but without a net. I guess. It yeah, it just requires powers, man. It requires knowledge and powers and community. You know? Now that that sort of lack of a safety net, this the scary side of of this process being so freeing. Now, d- does does the fear come from? A lack of predictability is is it sort of the volatility of hip hop and and volatility of um of I guess uh you know the internet and the music industry right now. Hip hop is very misunderstood. You know what I mean. I don't even like talking about hip hop as a whole. You know what I mean because people talk about hip hop with this air of. We know what's really wrong with it, but let's not address it. Or we know what's really great about it, but we don't want to point it out. So I'm just really, I feel really, I don't want, I don't want to address hip hop as a whole because I'm inside of it. You know what I mean? It's too large. But I will say this: there's never been more hip hop made in the history of this earth than right now. There's just a lot being made, so it has to be some. So there's something said about it. You have to see how that shit influences business models, too. You know, it, it has a crazy influence on how people even ingest music now. So I think that the high adaptability of a rap act does something to the motherfucking world. Um, but as far as, like, do people enjoy the music? That really depends on how internet savvy you are. It really does. And that adaptability, is that something that, you know, you feel like is is difficult to keep up with because uh i i don't know it's it seems at this point in your career you know you've been at it for so long that i think a lot of people would presume that you'd be sort of you know kind of stuck in your ways at this point but instead you continue to just kind of charge on and just like really challenge yourself yeah it's i don't know what to say about my career but i will say that i've never felt i never felt that the Blodians or the Good Lifers had static sounds or had period-specific sounds. I always thought that the point of what we were doing is that we were tapping into old jazz man impetus and discipline and applying that to our now. You know what I mean? So in that, it's supposed to be timeless. And people are supposed to reference jazz because it's our fucking root. You know what I mean? And I've been doing jazz music and rap since I was a child. And, you know, it's 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 my foundation. Given that that genre continues to be such a huge influence on you, even given your, uh, I guess, uh, even even with your latest records, um, you know, how, how does it feel to kind of see that coming back in terms of relevance? Because it seemed like for a time, especially especially in the 2000s with a lot of the very, I don't know, tight, very synthetic productions of guys like Swizz Beats and, and stuff like that. Uh, it, it wasn't really kind of, a, I don't know, at the forefront of the sound of, of hip-hop, especially a lot of the club-centric music. Uh, but nowadays, you know, you've got, you've got records out there like To Pimp a Butterfly, which uh, kind of put jazz right at the, the focal yeah. point of the album. You know, it's it sometimes even takes more of a precedent than just the hip hop element of the record sometimes. It's very interesting, man. Imagine it. I never could have. I didn't really see it coming. But then I don't think well, anyone did. I mean I did see it coming. I mean my my buddy LA Cool from Hip Hop Clan, he he named his group Hip Hop Clan two thousand because he said Every nigga in the year 2000 is going to be rapping like this. And it turned out to be the absolute truth. So I did believe that. And it's how it's why I, I keep styling. But but it's uh, I didn't uh, it's what I like is how beautiful a lot of these records are. You know, a lot of these records are really gorgeous, man. 
So I'm I'm all about it. I I'm all about it. I don't really uh you know, I don't really uh I don't really discourage any of it, man. I just it's all it's all just happening and taking place. But I will I will definitely say that when I was making my jazz rap records during the uh, aughts, early aughts, it was uh there was definitely a particular isolation. You know, there's a very particular isolation that I felt. You know what I mean? But um, I think the isolation that the kind of jazz music I was making in the arts kind of produced this headspace that I've kept up until now. And uh, I don't know if it's good or healthy, but it's there. You know, what you're saying about jazz music, how it sort of inspires you, how it put you in this kind of isolated place, and how it's kind of coming back in terms of relevance in hip-hop records anyway, like To Pimp a Butterfly, simultaneously it makes me kind of think and reflect on just the state of jazz music right now. I mean, I have people who watch the show who message me that, that ask me whether or not I think jazz music is still alive and well. Is it dead? Is it relevant? Is it anything? And while, yeah, sure, it's thriving on some of these hip-hop records, it, it would seem that there aren't quite as many new, fresh, young just straight jazz artists who are making quite as much noise as a Kendrick Lamar or even a bus driver on some levels. I mean, somebody who made one of my favorite jazz records of the year, Kamasi Washington, he didn't even end up getting a, a, a Grammy nod this year. Even the, uh, uh, the new Christian Scott record, which I think was pretty great. Yeah. That, yeah. I was just talking about that Kamasi not getting that. Well, you know, the Grammys are very political. That has to deal. That has to deal with power structures. Yeah. Sure. But um, Roots music is hard to come by because no one wants to know about folk culture in America. No one wants to know about true indigenous American musics or life. That's not really what we're about. We're very ahistorical people. We recreate the world as we see fit. That's our That's our mandate. So it doesn't surprise me that quote unquote jazz or roots music or black music in general is not really cradled in people's bosoms as it should be. You know, I mean, people saw that Nina Simone documentary that came out recently were awestruck, you know, but most of us who grew up with our parents or at least our parents telling us about or idolizing or us idolizing Nina, you know, it was just, it was a refreshing reflection that we can talk about for for you know for years to come but but yeah all those people are really important man and it, you know especially when you see how their influence reverberates in your popular culture figures you know what I, mean? uh, I agree with what you're saying in terms of okay so we're kind of we're, we're kind I of i don't know what no, i'm saying okay so you're, you're making this point that we're an ahistorical society no i mean please Oh yeah, of no. course we are. Of course we are. <laughs> not not to break your balls, but That's like at, at least pretend like you know what you're saying, just for the sake of argument. Um, <laughs> it's hard. Um, you know, you're making this point that that we live in a society that is a historical. You know, doesn't like to embrace the truth of its past, but but simultaneously, when I talk to people who are are music fans or consider themselves to be fans of music, the idea of not appreciating jazz sort of seems like you're 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 admitting that I don't know you're you're stupid or you're intellectually lazy or something. So uh, all around the round table of of music fans, people will sort of tout the idea that they're really huge jazz fans. Uh, when you know, but but sort of like to to point at a line uh, from that new Kendrick record where people sort of say that uh, you know I miss when hip-hop was about rapping well you know if you did then killer mike would be platinum you know it, it seems to me if all of these people who were such huge jazz fans really loved jazz as much as they said they did then the genre would be so much more relevant it's very true man it's just it's not really a part of our lexicon we have, we have need heroes you know what i mean americans take for granted americans are so individualistic we always we always pride ourselves on how how much on our own we are, but there's a there's a hive mind culture that comes with our consumer mandate, and we we don't really fuck with jazz because we don't have our rock and roll mythologies that formed around the jazz man. Even though it is, even though the original 
music badass is the jazz man. You know, that's that's where the yeah. hipster comes from. The hipster comes from, um, um, you know, white intellectuals in New York getting high and going to Harlem and, you know, and, and finding, you know, quote unquote, real jazz niggas and kind of interpreting and mostly misunderstanding, you know, this very vigorous kind of art that was very intellectually engaging and that they, they akin their despair to, you know what I mean? And that just the whole hipsterism is built off that, off that relationship and, and just, and rock and roll is like how that's how we use rock and roll to create our mythology for our stars, you know, like just just reckless and just going for it. And like we don't see that with jazz now. But it's like that's where that shit comes from. So it's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't surprise me that we ain't got our stars in jazz. But that's where all my stars are. So. It seems like kind of an evolution of a cult of personality. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying about jazz kind of having the hold of the root of that, but then rock and roll sort of took that cult of personality thing further. That idea that the star of the show and the centerpiece is like the coolest person you can imagine. And now it seems hip hop has taken that same torch and has kind of carry it, carried it several steps further. Yeah, it did. It did. It did take it. It did take it further, but, um, you know, it's, it, it cannot be said that jazz is, or jazz, what people call jazz, root music, is very political music, you know, and our, our tastes aren't always guided by what's best for us. But anyway, it's just good to hear, man. It's always good to hear. I'm about to play, about to rehearse for some very competent players and it's it's always good to hear people play well it's very it's a different headspace well i mean yeah i don't think what you were saying was very much a, a diversion i mean it actually kind of brings me into my next point about roots music kind of being political because you wanted to make mention of i guess protest music uh today why now and and all that oh uh, yeah uh you know, you're talking about how, or you just were talking about how our interests aren't always in, I guess, our best interest. Uh, you know, do you, do you feel like political music, protest music is in our best interest? And are you kind of surprised with the, the general lack of it right now, considering everything that's going on with Black Lives Matter and, and a host of other sort of, um, I guess, grassroots social movements? Anthony? That is a very good question. Why is there not more quote-unquote protest music? Well, how does everyone feel about it? You know, it's just how do these issues settle into the general consciousness? You know, and, well, I don't think they have settled. It's very volatile. I don't think anybody's agree in agreement on how any of these issues are working and what the solutions to any of them are. So, <laughs> finding a single song to kind of define uh, in an anthemic like way uh, how everyone's feeling about a given thing I don't think is uh, well it's is very probable people sing uh, all right at rallies but I will say this that um, people give the civil rights movement far too much they contextualize it improperly completely mm. as always mm. you know we always think that we always look at the civil rights victories, like you know, voting rights and um, and um, and uh, and uh, and uh, you know, the rolling back of Jim Crow and all these amazing things, and how. But we don't really consider the pushback that came about in the '70s, and 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 it's it's really hard to like stress with people how fundamentally against this notion of like equality our systemic puppeteers are you know it's just like they ain't fucking with it you know it's like okay black lives matter okay cool 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 shut the fuck up you know what i mean there's definitely a threshold where people don't care about black issues so it's really grave that people express something because it's really important you know what i mean like me uh me listening to donald trump um who conjure up this very old fervor, this very old Amer American fervor to 
you know, make these, you know, to create this divisive populist argument so we can get into our, in, into office, that's very real. That's not like some, that's not happening in some like liberal hotbed. That's, 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 you know, there's a lot of, you know, working class people and downtrodden people who feel, who share his views. And, you know, that's not because, oh, they're stupid. No, that's not because they're stupid. That's because they've always been here. You know what I mean? And like, and that's the thing about, about music is like, I don't like, I don't like people to put too many issues in music because it makes it like entertainment. It's fodder for entertainment. Like, oh, black people are being shot. Oh, well, it's fun. Talk about it in the song. No, motherfucker. Niggas is dead. You know what I mean? Like people actually die, and then you're like, oh, but I thought it was no, no, no. It's not funny games. You know, someone's gone, and like, there's no explanation. So, it's it's a really interesting tightrope because I don't like people to talk about it too much, contextualize it in a fun way. But then again, it's like it's always been here, and it's a part of our music anyway. So you have to talk about it. So it's it's really interesting, Anthony. I don't I don't think we're gonna get more protest music now because because powers the agendas to subdue that are too strong it's like it's people are getting but you know there's so much evidence that it's like hard to not i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen i don't know what's gonna happen but but i will say this that modern systemic racism is far more intricate and thought out than old world old world race systems you know and it's so it's, it's like people should be interested in it just because it's fascinating. You know what I mean? Like, it's just fascinating. It's fascinating. So you shouldn't shy away from it. It's how people, it's how power works. Let's not shy away from it. This is how power works. You create these divisive social stratas, you go for it. You make the power work and, you know, you got the bottom tier and you create systems that 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 suppress them, that, can, that you can use to empower the upper echelon. And that's what you do. That's how you build empire. You know what I mean? But anyway, I don't expect to see too much of that in song. But um, well, anyway, I'm, I'm going to go back to the drum machine. All right. Well, you're reminding me of two things while you're hitting on the drum machine. Uh, one, sort of making music that talks about political things and real tragedies. Is that something that you can't fully get on board with as far as the hip hop genre or are, is this kind of like a difficult thing for you to stomach with music in general? Because I mean, let's, let's take a song, for example, like strange fruit, you know, I mean, very political song, very dark song, very, I'm just talking about now. Yeah. I'm talking about now. I'm talking about political music, like in this year, mm -hmm. like right now, I'm not talking about. So, so now, so now if you're making political music, it's kind of hard not to make it without it also simultaneously being entertainment. Well, I'm just saying that there are people who make amazing political songs now and they're just empowering and they're for the movement or for consciousness. And that's, that's how music has always operated. So that's fantastic. There's other music that panders to talking points to try to, mm. you know, uh, gloss over some details. All I'm saying is that making music now is not like making music in the 60s. Mm. That's all I'm saying. And, okay. you know, and, and, and all I'm saying is that these problems are very real. Like people's lives, like, and, you know, we use music to, to, to beautify our idea of ourselves. You know, people have a very specific mm. idea of black people because of, because of our amazing black celebrity class. We have the best famous black people ever. They're just ingenious, you know? So how can we not assign them to being the cast of characters within black life? But they aren't. They don't represent black life. They really don't. And the people who really do represent black life, those archetypes are other type of people, you know what I mean? And so, so it's good that we get songs that express that, you know what I mean? And, you know, me, I'm not a source of that. I do my own thing because I'm a point of view, just like anybody else. But I just say that because when you talk about jazz and roots music and you talk about, you know, that's just, it's, it's just hand in hand. You can't, you know, but anyway, but, um, but I don't really, uh, I don't really know, man. I don't really know. I don't really know what the, uh, what, uh. I don't know what entertainment's role is right now because there's so much control in entertainment. I'm just skeptical. Well, to me, it's, it seems like so many of these issues are so layered and they're so nuanced and they're so difficult that it's kind of hard to just 
compact them into a verse or even compact them into an hour long album and have it be something compelling that everybody can kind of get on board with. Yeah. It's just, you know, I just, I guess what I'm calling for is a higher, higher uh, awareness. And, uh, but you know, there've been some great, there've been some great songs. Um, but you know, it's all fun, man. Art is great. I salute, I salute the arts. Good job, everybody. Well, well, my other question is, (laughs) <laughs> I, I think a lot of people automatically perceive um, a lot of what's going on in terms of mainstream hip hop, like a lot of this newer trap music to be really mindless and kind of apolitical. But uh, while I don't think any of these artists might be making an overtly political statement, I don't know if you could totally say that to be the truth. I mean, I, I think a lot of the racism that we're dealing with today stems from things like the drug war, which gives police free reign to kind of very aggressively police urban and black neighborhoods. And I feel like a lot of these rappers who are rapping about dealing drugs, rapping about sort of this lifestyle, are kind of depicting a a way of life that a lot of people are leading because of the culture that our drug wars created. Well, you know, you know, they may not exactly be drawing all of those connections, but I mean, I think it's kind of a, I don't know, a reality for some people that isn't going to go away until yeah. we deal with these problems. Well, it's good to have good quality music so that there's a good threshold for that narrative because you're right. That is a very real thing happening. The prohibited economies and who participates in them. Um, but, you know, they're very... Those are also stereotypes, you know. Not everybody in black life results to criminal activity, you know. And and criminal activity shouldn't be a precondition for a whole type of music. I think that's ridiculous, you know. And that's that's always been my presence, even in my own Mm -hmm. cruise, has has been to be so vanilla and in touch with white knowledge, but still just like, nigga-ish enough to kick it and just, I don't know, that's always been a place with me because I don't really think we need to be one type of way. But that being said, you know, it's hard to get narratives across, you know what I mean? And narratives, music right now is all about narratives. It's not really about music. It's about, it's about a personality. It's about star quality, you know? And it's hard to make smart-ass music and rap and have star quality because there's a lot of words in the shit. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but, but that being said, that's not really my objective. I, I don't really, uh, I don't really have. I'm not trying to. I mean, I want everyone to do well and I want the ideas to go further. But I've, I've kind of a weird career that doesn't really. It's just it's it's something else rather than being a springboard to a to a coca-cola ad well i it's definitely something else but i think you defined at least a a a good chunk of it right there by saying uh you know that there is a quality of uh, what you just kind of referred to as white knowledge there while also you know having a strong black message to it um I, i i i'm not exactly sure what the question is but I find it very interesting that you kind of ride those cultural racial lines in a society where it seems like people on both sides of that fence identify very close with their race, identify very close with their culture, and rarely, if ever, step outside of it to either learn something new or challenge their own preconceptions. That's very important to my music, to my humor. I mean, I get a lot of friends. Friends, not friends. I get people... Fans. I, mean, I, I first of all, I don't. It's hard for me to fathom that I have fans of people who listen still. So it's always a trip. But sometimes fans ask me like, "Why do you use the N word and all this stuff?" But then other fans ask me like, "Why do you say so many words and shit? Why don't you, you know, say some shit that's more, you know, a little simpler, more true, more, more street?" And it's like, I just do what comes naturally, which is kind of a mistake, but. It does present itself as it does, and I've always thought, I always have my, I always feel certain ways about it. But you know, I have people like Rory, like Milo, who kind of encourage me, give me, he put it in context for me at times. But but um, 
but yeah, it's it's very scary, but it's also very self indulgent. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We, we I live in a very layered cultural nexus. So, and and I can't imagine I'd be sad if I didn't. Uh, and and when you say it's a mistake, you just mean in terms of marketability, right? <laughs> well, yeah, because I don't I don't. There's not. I mean, even though now there's more of an idea of what that type of person is there really wasn't for a long time and it's like who what kind of brother are you it's like like you so vanilla and you like shit like this but you hang out with niggas and it's like who are you you know what i mean and and you know i don't know that's 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 something very real about my own life that i brought to uh to uh music you know i mean that's just who i am but but um but yeah being that what am i trying to say being that is very difficult and freeing all at the same time but it's you know it's something to do. and uh, But like I said, other people make that make sense for me sometimes. Um, I'm being very vague, by the way, because I'm away from my drum machine. I went to the kitchen, but now I'm back in the living room. Got it. The drum machine. Uh, you were just mentioning uh, Rory there, who I interviewed a little earlier this year. And... Um... Uh, he, he hadn't mentioned this in detail at the time, uh, but, you know, he was talking about who he had uh, had had left L.A. and how he was uh, back in his home state. But I guess uh, partially that had to do with the recent, uh, I don't know what you would call it, the demise of Hellfire Club, or is it just something uh, more hiatus-like, or is it, uh, I don't know. We all, well, I don't know. Um, we all had to leave that umbrella, so that's not going to happen under that umbrella anymore. And um, a lot of that had to do with, I guess, what Rory has ex- has explained. And um, it's unfortunate. Um, we worked hard to make it presentable at a certain point, so... And I personally had a lot more plans for it that aren't happening, but but it's okay. I stand by all the work that we did, and uh, and how that went down. What yeah. was his leaving kind of you know uh, key to whether or not the group sort of continued? Because at least from an outsider perspective, it seemed like the formation very much had to do with him sort of how his come up uh uh had grabbed the attention of you and open mike eagle and then there were sort of collaborations featuring the three of you and then no can do was kind of looped in let me let me let me Hmm. explain you my career in hellfire i began i think in at the end Hmm. of 29 2010 and um, I saw it as being something amazing and viable, something that my young homies were doing, okay. No Ken and Mike Eagle and everybody. So I, so I joined, I became a part of it. And we did Flashbang, Grenada, and Mike did a bunch of things. And then we met Rory, and I became aware of him, and we made a decision in a tour van. And we said we should include him in the fold. And I was reluctant at the time, but soon became very, 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 very happy about it. And then things transpired from there. But um, um, but yeah, I've been very, I've been very involved in everything that Rory's been talked about. I've been very involved, very involved, and I have a whole different side to it that I don't really care mm. to disclose. It's not really that important. I think what's important is that everyone makes incredible work and that you're going to see a lot more in the future. And, um, but, um, but yeah, and I also stress that everyone really take care of how they interact with their creative endeavors. You know what I mean? Like that cohesion, that yeah. cohesion is really sensitive, you know, Okay. really sensitive. Um, Moving on from there, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, despite everybody kind of separating off to go do their own thing, you obviously still, uh, you obviously still well, hold a, a lot of what Rory is doing in high regard. And, and uh, yeah, well, yeah, well, to, just to clarify, me, Rory, and Mike, and I mean, I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool. Everyone, I hope everyone does their thing. I mean, me, me, Rory, and Mike are 
work a lot together still and you know every, me and I'm cool with everybody you know I'm just I'm just uh things didn't work out for some obvious reasons you know I mean it's very textbook for me how it came to a close and to a point where it's almost embarrassing but but um it's what it is and it's the truth and it's and it makes sense why it happened that way you <laughs> know it makes complete sense you know what I mean and um but I think what's important is that the music you know people take Note of the music, when it happened, why it happened, under what circumstances, who came into it, what was the whoop de whoop like, there's not enough, I mean, I, when I think about it, it's really amazing that it took place, you know what I mean, and I really, I stand behind it, you know what I mean, and it's like, this shit is too volatile for anything to last, how the fuck can anything, how can anybody, I'm, I'm surprised people still put on albums, I mean, I mean, Jesus, I mean, when people, I don't know, I think we absorb this stuff from one end, but from the other end, it's like it's there's a lot in flux. Yeah. No, I mean just getting everybody on the same page. I mean what what rap crew has lasted forever? And it's but it's not what what anything has lasted forever and how do things even develop now? You know what I mean? And it's like mm -hmm. things develop in a real particular way now. So you really have to respect what's going down and everyone's learning shit cuz uh I don't know. Shit is super accelerated. But that being said, man, there's a lot of incredible shit in the future. So I'm really, uh, I'm just happy to be, uh, to get opportunities to get to make some new new with my homies. It's always great. All right. Well, let me make that my next question. You know, considering the volatility, considering uh, how quick things are to change and how things are moving and evolving in a very particular way. And, and given that there are records out there that I know that uh, you find to be a really forward thinking, like Rory's new record, like Kendrick Lamar's new record, you know, does, does the future of music, uh, hip hop in particular, you know, really excite you, you know, is, is, is there sort of more, uh, I guess, hope for you in the future than fear? I've, the future of hip hop, unfortunately, is in my own personal sphere. You know, it's it's literally within. You know, I don't I don't treat it as an abstract. It's literally whatever we want to come up with, whatever we want to try, and then make public. You know what I mean? You know, because there's a lot of things like. Well, that kind of sounds like a. I don't know. That that kind of sounds like something off of the. Uh off of that, like the intro track to most deaf's uh, black. Oh, uh, does Science. it? You know, he's kind yeah. of, well, yeah, kind of going on about how, well, you know, if, if we're sick, hip hop's going to be sick. If we go here, hip hop's going to be here. But no, nah, I really mean that. I mean, that's, yeah. that's how I feel about it. I don't feel like there's an act. I don't feel like, I feel like a few people who I work with, they, they can have enough sway to, to be this is a marker you know what i mean and i and i and i, I think it's important to take that responsibility because you you want to affect hip-hop i mean you want to do you want to participate in music in real time because when you do that it's enthralling and you learn about the uh, world and and uh, you make a more complete piece but um yeah i feel that way though it's just it's happening now and the future is what we decide to make it from the end of this year, this wacky year. Well, it's it's sort of it, it's sort of what we make it, but we but, <laughs> we but, have but, no direct we have no clue what direction it's going in. Yeah, but it's like I don't really care. But it's like it's hard to even I don't know. I feel like you asked me that question and I conceded to it, but I wouldn't really refer to hip hop in that way, you know, like. Mm. Cause it's more, well, I mean, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily need to be hip hop specifically. I'm, I'm yeah, just talking about music in general, you know, yeah. is, is the future more exciting than, than scary for you in terms well, of the people, you know, who are releasing music, where you sort of see music moving. Well, it, 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 I guess what I, what I wanted to say is that we're going to make it exciting if we don't think it is, you know, and, um, and, uh, and, but, but how we make it exciting has to be different from how we have been. So, so I'm just going to do what I can to make that make sense. But a lot of people in my sphere are really controlling music and making music make sense in the world. So I feel very lucky. Um, I don't feel like I should be making music at this point in my career, but yet I, yet I am. So I feel like there's something special there that keeps me doing 
this wacky craft. When when you're saying that you shouldn't be doing it, are you saying, uh, you know, you you would have thought maybe five years ago that your would that your career would have been over at this point, or is there something else that you'd rather be doing? Well, um, my career was going to end several times, but it didn't. But um, just doing this hmm. stuff. But um, I don't know what's going on. It's kind of a it's kind of a wacky cosmic dance, and we're we're gonna see where things go. I mean, there are a lot of other things that I personally should, can, and am trying to do. But <clears throat> hip hop and and the uh, the whole bus driver, the driver concept, and that whole thing is <clears throat> that's still. Um, there are a few things we can still do with that. All right. So uh, having a few things to do with it in the future, I mean, uh, you know, would you be able to, centering on your music now, uh, give us a hint or give us an idea as to, you know, any sort of direction sonically that you might be trying to take your next song, your next project, your next record? Or I know earlier you were kind of uh, alluding to a, uh, a side project. Oh, yeah. Well, there are a few different bands and, and endeavors I have under development and um but I don't know what's gonna be prioritized and um I um I'm just gonna see what moves everybody and put it forward. But um I do have a few different turns from from what things were. I guess I should talk about thumbs a little bit. Thumbs to me was was kind of an extension of perfect hair a little bit and it was an extension and then a launch pad but um but um but yeah there's some other directions so we'll see i don't know there's a lot of i'm playing i'm making music with a lot of players and um a lot of really talented people and by myself you're talking about bringing sort of live instrumentation into the fold like uh uh well there's 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 always live instrumentation in the hmm. fold it depends on how it's presented and utilized. You well, know. I guess these players that you're talking about, you know, have you worked with them before and, and, and what are they playing? What kind of music are they bringing to the table? There's a band from Los Angeles that I uh, used to work with the Freestyle Fellowship. Oh, okay. Called the Underground Railroad. And I uh, hmm. I work with them. I'm about to play with them tonight. The Low and Theory in Los Angeles. And we're going to just read from the spell book and see what it do. And um, so, yeah, I do that to kind of, it's great. It's a real privilege because they're the band I grew up idolizing as a teenager. And we just... Well, yeah, I mean, as far as 90s acts go, I mean, there aren't many hip-hop artists that sort of fused jazz. I mean, not that I could think of in the way that they did. Yeah, well, those are my um, OGs. They brought me into this world of doing things, you know? Yeah. Countless hours I've wrapped countless hours of Mike and I. Like, I can't even tell you how many times I have my mind blown in private by that strange man. Hmm. He is a brilliant, brilliant, one-of-a-kind guy in hip-hop. And his story not being told is a part of his of the enormity of his story. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's, a, hmm. he's, he's really some shit. You know, when I think of hip-hop motherfuckers, Dr. Dre, Easy e Mike Nine, da da da, West Coast, Tupac, you know, he's just, he's one of them, period, you know, and and everybody knows it if you ask them behind closed doors. But he is the true jazz man in that he is obscured, <laughs> you know, beautifully, beautifully as such, beautifully as such. But um, but that's my that's my. Uh, was there a point at which he sort of uh, you know might have turned away from? the limelight in the way that uh, a guy like Easy E didn't, you know, I, I, it, which, which I've heard other artists, uh, having done, um, Scarface sort of comes to mind, um, you know, as, as an artist who it seemed like he, you know, had, had some serious mainstream staying power and potential, but instead he kind of opted to, uh, you know, instead, I guess, kind of stay true to his roots and just make music that that now people, I mean, you know, while he's no Jay-Z, people look back on a lot of his records and just see them as classics. I don't know. The Fellowship had a lot of 
the fellowship yeah. had a lot of specific problems. It wasn't really a romantic thing like he wanted to. It's just there were a lot of mistakes. I mean, sure. I really think. Um, I mean, one of the crimes. I mean, you know, we. Uh, the fellowship story is one of the great crimes of my scene. You know what I mean? Like. Why were they not embraced? Why, 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 why? You know what I mean? So you bring that up, like, that's like the linchpin of, like, <laughs> you know, that's like, yeah, like, why die? Why, why did it happen? Well, there were a lot of mistakes. Jupiter went to jail. There are a lot of, you know, weird things uh, with the solo deals after, um, um, their last record with uh, Island and uh, some of the solo deals didn't work out. Mike and I don't know. I don't know what happened. Honestly, I don't really have all the details. I would like to hear him. I've I've been I've been thinking about asking Mike and maybe interviewing him somewhere. But but it's it's a really fascinating story and uh, and it's uh, it was at such an important time that where it really could have changed how shit went because Micah had the same management as D'Angelo and he was grooming both of them at the same time. You know what I mean? So imagine that, you know what I mean? So um, the Mike and I story is tragic and beautiful, man, but that's my brother and he's still killing it. He's still amazing. So see him where he, wherever he may be. All right. Uh, before I ask you, uh, you know, one of my last questions over here, uh, you know, is there anything else that you sort of wanted to say in terms of, uh, you know, your latest mixtape thumbs? I mean, you know, you mentioned that it was kind of a, an extension past perfect hair, but you know, is there anything else you kind of wanted to, uh, uh, enlighten people to, uh, as far as the material you put on this tape? Yeah, I really just, uh, I wanted to wrap. A little bit more without a, without some filters and just kind of uh, flex a tiny bit more before um, move on to something else. And um, thumbs at certain times was a hodgepodge, but then it came together into something. There are a lot of songs that that had a lot of different um, life in them. All those songs kind of have different stories to them, but. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, I really am really like impressed with uh, the folks that get to work with. It. So everyone really murked it on that tape, and I just yeah, it's just really a celebration of us getting down. You know, that's just kind of like day to day. You know, I wanted thumbs to be kind of like this is this is what we do. You know, like, and that's why I called it a tape because it really was kind of that. It's just like this is what we do, rather than rather than mission statement, narrative, world crushing. Um, campaign style but that's just how i feel about music right now ah i'm at the drum machine i'm sorry but uh yes please get thumbs anthony i'm talking to you anthony I'm listen to you, I, you get thumbs you gave me thought you gave you sent me thumbs i sent and, it to you and you know what you you I just you just reminded me of something on the tape you just reminded me of something on the tape that I wanted to ask you about. Um, one person who is on the tape that has kind of struck me as, I guess, not surprising at this point, because I've seen him on so many projects now, but I'm just uh, really in awe of just how he's everywhere. Everywhere I turn, he sort of seems to be on someone's project, but I'm talking about Samuel Herring or sort of Hemlock Ernst and, uh, you know, sort of under his uh, pen name when he's rapping. Um <laughs> how has he landed on so many projects recently? Has he just like, you know, is, is he spitting freestyles to you guys and just flooring you? And you're like, I have to get him on this project. Um, that's a friend of ours. Yeah. So, so I, and, and the thing is he's, he's made it onto so many different projects as of late. So, um, you know, and, and it, and it seems off of, uh, you know, of course his rapping talent, but it's just interesting to sort of see, uh, you know, him working with different artists and him actually, uh, you know, there have been videos of him rapping on the internet, but, um, you know, prior to, to the past few years, uh, I, I haven't known him to sort of, you know, be rapping on different rap albums or mixtapes. And I'm sort of, uh, 
you know, wondering how, uh, how he landed on sort of a, your project. He's on Milo's project. I think he did something with open Mike Eagle and I know he's landed on some other records too. He, um, that's a magnetic guy. And he, um, mm. yeah, me and him, we all bond on some rap shit. So he's ended up on songs kind of very organically. So it's kind of mm. bizarre. It's bizarre, right? Because um, from a certain standpoint, but from a certain standpoint, that's just Sam, you know. And he's, Sam is rapping all the time. Every time I see him, we're constantly okay. in the act of spitting. So it's um, surprising me there's not more of it out in the world because a lot of it is he's, he's a very rap centered guy. So I can't really I can't really answer that, but it's it just took place. Well, as as far as you know, is there any chance of him sort of working on a, a new solo project or something that'll just kind of be focused on him? Maybe his own production, maybe production from someone else. Um, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. I'm not really sure, but uh, I do know that he he does. He's a very it's a very hungry guy. I mean, as you know, he he has he has a, he has a hunger within the rap world. So something's gonna happen. All right. <laughs> I don't know what. But uh, that being said, I'm about to get cookie face, and I've got the beat machine playing, and I just turned it on, and that's how I'm feeling. Live from Los Angeles. This is Driver. I have not had breakfast yet. But at least, at least I'm here, Anthony. Thank you so much for, for the interview, man. It was really dope. Thank you for coming on to talk, dude. Yeah, yeah, it was tight. I don't know if you talked about thumbs enough, but honestly, when I think about it, it's just a, it's just a swirl of colors when I think about how he made it. And uh, it's, I don't know. It's all confusing. We 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 actually finished thumbs in the summer, but I, we couldn't even put it out. Well, we're gonna we're gonna end it on that, and we're gonna remind everyone to get thumbs. We have placed a link down there in the description box where you can buy it, you could stream it and listen to it, as well as a lot of Bus Driver's other recent projects. I'll also drop a, a link to his Perfect Hair record as well, which I very much recommend. And uh, I want to thank Bus Driver one more time for coming on, talking to me, and <laughs> playing his drum machine too in the background. Hell yeah, what up? Mm -hmm.